Mock Talk Radio. Mock Talk Radio. Merck, Odie, Charles, Kaiser, live broadcast on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Call in at 646-668-8795 and listen and subscribe via Eclectic Media Presents on iTunes and Google Play. Mock Talk Radio. Mock Talk Radio. Mock Talk Radio.
right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Mock Talk Radio. Merck, Odie, Charles, Christopher. Today, Black America is the gas face for Trump, Sleepless, and MLK. Merck, politics. What's up, what's up? You know, I, I, I like that song a lot. And, you know, I remember there was a song for Bush when he left, and it was called uh, Hit the Road, Jack. And uh, <laughs> Trump's going to have one, too, but it's called Jailhouse Rock. Oh, too soon? Yeah. He, he's going to last two and a half years tops. But, um, <laughs> and that's only because it takes a while for paperwork to go through for an impeachment. But there you go. Uh, I, I'm going to start on a strange tip. Bear with me on this, okay? There was a movie that came out back in 2002 called uh, Bubba Hotep. I know. It's a horror movie. And the strange one, it stars Bruce Campbell as Elvis Presley, right? In this, in this movie, Elvis Presley, he's tired of the life. You know, he's addicted to drugs. He's got the colonel nipping at his heels every second. He just wants out. So he finds an Elvis impersonator who looks just like him. They write up a contract, and they trade places. So Elvis lives a normal life, and the impersonator gets to live his dream of being the king of rock and roll. And then a series of unfortunate events happens. Number one, Elvis loses the contract in the fire. Then uh, the Elvis impersonator posing as him dies. Then as he's – Elvis is becoming the world's greatest – Elvis impersonator, of course, because he's Elvis. Uh, in a stage accident, he bumps his head, ends up in a coma, and wakes up years later as an elderly man in a nursing home. Right mm-hmm. now, this nursing home is being played. Now, remember, I did say this was a horror movie. This nursing home is being played by a mummy, and this mummy is picking off all these old sick residents one by one. So Elvis and Ossie Davis, who plays a man with dementia who believes that he's uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, they team up to take on the mummy. Now, you may be thinking, why is a mummy preying on old folks? Now, if you ever watched the old mummy movies with Christopher Lee, the mummy is very powerful. He's tall. He's bursting through doors. He's snapping people's backs like he's Bane. It's crazy. In Dungeons & Dragons, mummies are horribly powerful spellcasters, and they're very feared. But this mummy is basically nothing but a bag of bones wrapped in bandages, right? So he knows if he goes up against me or you, we're just going to be like, oh, a mummy, slap. Oh, I'm late for work. I better hurry up. You know, it's no challenge. So he preys on the weak. He preys on people he knows he can beat, right? Think about Donald Trump in this way. Donald Trump can't fool smart people you know he comes up with that horse shit and we're just looking at him like what are you nuts no one's going to believe that so he preys on the stupid he said it himself i love the poorly educated okay he said that himself lyndon b johnson i had i had to verify this on snopes because i see it all the time and i'm just like a president said that a president said that he said if you can convince the lowest white man that he's better than the best colored man he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him someone to look down on, and he'll empty his pockets for you. Lyndon B. Johnson understood not just racism, but how races can be used to divide and how people can use it to profit. David Cross had a quote himself. He said, America has a rich tradition of voting against its own self-interest. Why would we stop now? Right? 
But one thing I'm going to do before I go on is I know I've been lumping all the Trump fans together when I say that they're stupid and ignorant. I've been lumping them all together. I'm surprised my friends on Facebook still mess with me because of how horrible I've been to them. So I'm going to do them a solid, everybody a solid really, including myself because I don't want to be that guy. I'm going to separate the wheat from the chaff. If you voted for Trump because you were desperate, you're seeing your jobs go away. You see Hillary Clinton courting uh, Utah Republicans saying, I share your value. She's not even showing up to the battleground states. And you see that and you voted for Trump, but you're regretting it now. I forgive you. I know we're in a horrible mess. We're all going to die, but I forgive you. Just the way like Uncle Tom forgave uh, Sambo and Quimbo. I forgive you. Okay, you're not Sambo and Quimbo, but you get, what I'm, you get where I'm going here. But I have some friends who voted for Trump, and now they're regretting it. You know, They were in the heat of the moment. Put it like this. Even Bernie Sanders, my hero, he voted for the 1994 crime bill, the one that's been staining Hillary Clinton ever since. But the thing is, look at the times. It wasn't just Bernie that voted for it. A lot of uh, black leaders voted for that bill and supported that bill because look what was happening. Crack was still running rampant, d- destroying all the neighborhoods. Crime was, you know, yeah, people uh, just like on the uh, – not, not in the wire, the corner – you know, you're taking a shower and all of a sudden you got no water as it's because crackheads are stealing your pipes so they can sell for scrap. So, yeah, it was really bad. So they were desperate and they had to do something. And they preyed on that desperation to make that crime bill, which ruined people's lives ever since. So I get that. So I'm going to separate the wheat from the chaff. If you voted for Trump and you regret it, I'm not calling you out. We're, we're, I think that we're past that now. But there are a lot of stupid people out there. I was in an argument with one yesterday, and uh, they're still just like, yeah, Trump, fuck yeah, he's going to make America great again. And you're going to see, you're going to respect him. Yeah, no, I'm not. So getting into the meat of the matter, uh, BuzzFeed and CNN got into a dust-up with Trump at uh, the recent press conference. It was his first press conference in months. You know, There was a dossier which was believed to be written by a member of British intelligence. Uh, it contained unverified allegations that Russian operatives have been cultivating, supporting, and assisting Trump for years and have compromising information about him, and that Trump advisors met, oh, uh, and that Trump advisors met with high-level Russian officials in the months before the election. After CNN reported that President Obama and President-elect Trump were briefed on a two-page summary, that's the part that CNN did, BuzzFeed published the entire 35-page document, along with a warning that its contents were unverified. does not mean that it is not true. It just means it's unverified. One of those things were – now, they're still verifying um, Trump's lawyer. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Jeffrey Cohen or something like that, that he was in Prague meeting with uh, Trump officials – I mean with Putin officials. That, you know, it's looking like that may not be true. Because they have – they, you know, according to his tweets, uh, the geocode on his tweets and people verifying him, he was in America for most of that time. There were a couple of days where he was uh, unaccounted for, but I don't know if you can go to Prague and back in a couple of days and meet with somebody. I don't know how far it is to go to Prague, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a long way to go for a meeting for a couple of days. Uh, one of the things that came out in the dossier that they had on uh, Trump – 
was that Trump supposedly were, was paying uh, Russian hookers, and I don't. And I've heard I heard the story going a long way. I don't know if, if they were peeing on each other, or if they were peeing on him. I know it's kind of gross because you know it's uh, the whole golden shower thing. It's something we joke about, but you know when I'm going through. Uh, the porn sites and I see like pee stuff, I just skip over it. Like I don't need to see that. That's not. Ugh, nah. But you figure it like this: people are kind of jumping on uh, the press and the people. And I've been posting a lot of me. I've been having a blast with this. As far as the golden shower thing, they were like, "Well, how could you believe that about Trump?" Well, I'll tell you. Let's do a thing. Let's do a brief run through about Trump. Trump married his first wife, Ivana, in 1977. Trump and Ivana divorced in 1992 because he was meeting with Marla Maples. He married Marla Maples in 93, but they split in 99. Trump met his current wife, Melania, in 98, one year before he split up with, with Marla, and they got married in 2005. I, I'm going to be a jerk for a second. Blue, did you see the naked pictures of Melania? That they were posting on the net from her modeling days. Yeah, she looked like an anorexic um, Victoria's Secret model. Yeah, the, uh, whoever did her boob job should be deported. Even if they're an American citizen, they should be deported. One boob was going northeast, and the other one was going southwest. I don't know why someone that skinny would get a boob job, but it just look—it just looks horrible on her. And you know, Trump doesn't have the best respect for women. Uh, a couple of clips from uh, when he was taped with Billy Bush. He, he was, now, they don't say who he's talking about here. But he says, uh, I moved on her like a bitch, but I couldn't get there. And she was married. Then all of a sudden, I see her. Now she's got big, phony tits, just like Melania, and everything. <laughs> and then, of course, the big one, he says, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful women. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. He says, I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You could do anything. Grab him by the pussy, you could do anything. Let me tell you something. Kissing a woman without her consent is sexual assault. Let's just get that out of the way. So Donald Trump is basically admitting to sexually assaulting women. Let's talk about Donald Trump's rape case. Jeffrey Epstein uh, is a billionaire, and he's also a well-known pedophile who hosted a lot of sex parties, which Donald Trump has attended. Matter of fact, Epstein served 13 months in prison for soliciting an underage prostitute. In 1994, Epstein hosted a party in which Donald Trump was accused of raping a 13-year-old girl. Right. The girl was going to... Uh, she sued Trump, but she dropped the lawsuit because of all the death threats she was getting. So the only reason why this case didn't go to trial is because this woman feared for her life because they were going to kill her, right? So here's my thing. Looking at all this with Trump, and they're like, well, how could you believe that about Trump? Yeah, having prostitutes pee in his mouth, that's a step up for Trump, okay, as opposed to, oh, I don't know, raping a 13-year-old girl and only having her drop the case, not because she was paid off, but because – she feared for her life. That's a step up of having prostitutes pee in your mouth. I don't know if they peed in his mouth. I'm just saying. I'm just being a jackass. But and whether it was for peeing, whether it was just for sex, uh, prostitution is illegal in Russia. 
and they, was, they were saying this happened while Donald Trump was at a hotel room in Russia. Prostitution is illegal in Russia. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the punishment for engaging in prostitution in Russia is a fine from 1,500 to 2,000 rubles. Keep in mind that 2,000 rubles is 33 American dollars. I don't know the conversion rate. I don't know what stuff costs in Russia. 2,000 rubles may actually be punitive. I don't know. If you organize prostitution, you go to prison. But if you're a prostitute, they fine you. But it's still illegal. Right? So, of course, uh, Trump pounced on BuzzFeed and CNN and called them fake news and stuff like that. And, you know, even I was kind of towing that line for a little bit. But uh, they had an interview with Kellyanne Conway, and uh, I almost called them Tucker Carlson, Jesus Christ, Anderson Cooper. I don't even know why I even came up with that of Tucker Carlson, but Anderson Cooper and Kellyanne Conway. And I was actually drinking that Kool-Aid and all set to believe that it might not have been true until I saw Kellyanne Conway blunder her way through that interview with Anderson Cooper. Did you see that interview, uh, Blue? I I think I posted it. Nah, I haven't really been um, tapped into the news as of late. Uh, um, Nah, I really stayed away from media for my own mental health. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you know, my brother always tells me he was like, "I'd like you to start letting some stuff go, Merce, but I know you—you you have a low tolerance for bullshit. Like I just can't let these things go. I don't know how I haven't had a heart attack following politics, especially the last couple of years. You know, but uh, it wasn't until I saw Kellyanne Conway try to dodge and try to deflect that I just thought, hey." Maybe the stuff in the dossier is real, and Trump's just really trying to cover his ass. You know, Trump's supposed business plan that he had, all those folders that he had laid out on that table at the press conference. All the folders, you figure, Blue, if you put something in a folder, right, and you want to know what's in the folder, what do you do to the folder? Label it. You label it. All the folders on the table didn't have labels. Some of the folders even look empty, and they were just like all the all the papers in the folders look new. Like he just opened up a, a, a thing of Xerox paper and just shoved them in folders. And like, look, here's my business plan, and just a bunch of folders on the table with no labels. And and this is where I talk about preying on the stupid, because you know people looking at it like, the hell is that? It's just a bunch of papers on the table. And Trump fans are like, see, see, he has a plan. He's going to do something. Now, let's talk about Steve Harvey for a bit. Steve Harvey's been taking an acid bath. There was a weird dichotomy on Twitter in the space of 40 minutes because on one side, you have people like me who are just like, goodbye, Steve. You know, have fun on the plantation with, with Uncle Trump, you know. And all the Trump fans who were just like, see, you liberals are just evil monsters. You call them a coon and a. Uh, Sambo, you know, he's trying to work with Trump. He's trying to do something to help you since you won't help yourselves. You know, that's some, that's like the, the stuff on Twitter. Like every other tweet was either something saying that Steve Harvey was a jigaboo and then something from a Trump fan saying that Steve Harvey is a hero for trying to help black people. You know, so basically, supposedly Obama's uh, transition team asked Steve Harvey to meet with Donald Trump to help work on the plan. Now, supposedly he's worked with other black business leaders, but I couldn't really find much on it. 
You know, I know one of the guys he's working with is uh, supposedly working with. I couldn't like I couldn't find anything solid on. Is a guy who runs uh, American Express. He's actually an African American billionaire too. He's well, I don't know. He's a bit, he's worth like close to a billion. Like no, not that much, but ninety million dollars, which is a lot of money. He's not a billionaire, but he runs American Express. Supposedly him, Bob Johnson. Supposedly they were in talks with Trump. Couldn't find much on that. So, but. Here's my thing about uh, – because Steve Harvey was basically just like, yeah, if you uh, – if the president-elect calls, you just show up. Really? So what does that make Charlotte Church, who was a uh, singer who was asked to perform for Trump, and she was like, no, she called Trump a tyrant. The Rockettes just about quit to get out of you know, showing up for Trump. So you mean the Rockettes and Charlotte Church have more of a spine than Steve Harvey? The problem is, and you know, I told one of my friends, they have politicians and business people who do stuff like that. Steve Harvey's a comedian and a, and a game show host, and I'm not putting them down for that. You know, I wish I was a comedian and a game show host. You know, what does Steve Harvey know about urban development? You know, why would they choose Steve Harvey? You know, I, I wish that I had my, uh, I had thought about it, Blue. I would have uh, ripped a clip from D.O. Hughley to play for you, because D.O. Hughley talked about it, and uh, he was not kind. He didn't mention Steve Harvey. Hughley mad because he wasn't selected. I mean, let's put it like this. I mean, Steve, I don't know why we always have to say black people have to stand up for black people. Black people need to stand up for themselves and get their money, honey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If it was Cornell West, I would have said that, but the D.O. I don't think D.O. Hughley would have gone. Because I, I think that Dio Hughley would have uh, he would have stuck to his guns, you know he wouldn't have just he would have been critical like Steve Harvey was all was critical of Trump until he got called onto the carpet, and it was funny someone played a clip and, and I noticed it in fast motion but it's even worse in slow motion when Trump I forget what Trump said and he turned to to uh, Steve Harvey and he was like wouldn't you agree and the look on Steve Harvey's face was just like what am I doing here why am I here. You know, it, it was it was I like poor Steve, you know. And, yeah, and I he's guess, trying to make his mark. I mean, I understand. I mean, he's he's really branched out and doing some things. I think he's on two daytime shows, two right. daytime, what well, not show shows. I mean, what are they like game shows? And then he got his own little talk show, and mm-hmm. he's trying to brand himself. I don't know why would you brand yourself this late in the game? I mean, what is he a hundred years old? I mean, <laughs> you know, you got you got to pass he's on almost, the legacy. I think he but, said. Uh, I, I think he said he turned 60 soon. I didn't look the up his age. The thing is about but... entertainment legacy isn't like realty legacy. You can't pass on your entertainment to your kids. You can easily pass on your properties to your kid, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just understand why he would make a, such a, a run of this caliber this late in the game. Right. But, I mean, if it's, if it's all about money, if it's all about collecting them dollars, if it's all about doing like how Mary J. Blige did when she started working with Elton John and all them to make right. herself more palatable to the white audience. But what that did was put out some of the worst music she's had and alienated her black audience. You dig what I'm saying? Right. But the thing about Mary J. is that Mary J. has enough credit to go back. So if she put out another album on the caliber of my life, uh, black people would buy it again. There's nothing wrong oh, that's with true. That's true, because even that song she did after she started her divorce proceedings, 
That was on hit. I mean, there ain't never been no 1994 in my life. Nigga, that was right. the soundtrack of my life. I committed suicide to that track. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I'm laughing at that. <laughs> I apologize for laughing at that. <laughs> but for real, though, that was that was the soundtrack. You know, she had never get back to that caliber of being. She had to be really coked out and get her ass beat by um, KC from um, Jodeci. But anyways, we digress. Yeah, you know he's doing what he got to do to make the, the brand himself and to be. I'm not mad at Steve per se. To me, he's always been a buffoon anyway. <laughs> but my thing is this, right? You know the same thing with Ray Lewis, Jim Brown, uh, Kanye West, and all them, right? Here's the thing, though. You look, you look at someone like Trump, and you think about, okay, Trump is going to tap these urban renewal, right? Look at Trump's business dealings, okay? Trump lost $950 million in business losses in one year. In one of his leaked tax returns, it said that he lost $950 million in losses. His Trump Foundation pays nobody anything. It's his own personal piggy bank. They had him on the spot, right? He was talking about how much money he gives to all these military organizations, and some reporters decided to check up on it. And to one of the organizations that he mentioned, and they went there, and they were like, Trump never gave us a dime. So when Trump heard this, he FedExed a check to them the next day. And then once they got it, he was like, see, I did give the money. The press are liars. The media are liars. Really? Come on. He has multiple bankruptcies. Uh, Trump doesn't pay his workers. That's a big thing. Because you're talking about somebody who wants to do urban renewal. You know, he doesn't pay his contractors. There was more than one case where a contractor was basically like, yeah, I did a job for Trump and Trump didn't pay me. And then he wanted to give me a small amount of money and then said that if I wanted to rest, you know, we can go to court forever. You know, so, yeah, he's not known for that. And also, Trump is a liar. And I don't mean political liar, like saying, like Obama saying, I'm going to close Guantanamo Bay and it never getting closed. Of course, it wasn't closed because of Republican obstructionism, but that's another matter altogether. Not that type of lie. I mean, he ragged on Obama for years, saying that Obama wasn't born in this country. And even claimed that his birth certificate after he released it was fake. He mocked mm. a disabled reporter and then said that he didn't do it, even though there is a video of him mocking the reporter. A video, and I don't mean like a grainy eight millimeter video. I mean he was on television doing it, and he just said I didn't do it, and he tweeted it recently. I did not mock a disabled reporter. Yes, you did. It's right there. He claimed that a whole bunch of Muslims got in the street right after nine eleven, after the, the twin towers went down, and celebrated in the streets. We did. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm just joking. That was a bad joke. That's my bad. <laughs> that happened in, in the Middle East. I saw those videos of people in the Middle East watching the Twin Towers going down and cheering. But that didn't happen in New Jersey. Come on. Uh, you figure Trump has a white supremacist in his cabinet. Steve Bannon, the guy who used to run Breitbart, is a white supremacist, and he's in his cabinet advising Trump. Elizabeth Warren questioned Ben Carson on Capitol Hill the other day about – because Ben Carson is tapped to become the leader of HUD housing, the, the chairman, I think. 
and of course, Ben Carson will, you know, preside over who gets loans, who gets housing and stuff like that. And basically, Elizabeth Warren asked him straight up, since Trump didn't release his tax returns, how do we know that money from HUD housing is not going to go straight into their pockets? And basically, Ben Carson couldn't answer that. And Ben Carson did say, if because he said, I'm working for the American people. Okay, I, I guess. And he said that if there's a project where Trump – and he said he tried to minimize it, where – and he didn't say Trump. He said the person you're targeting, even though Warren said Trump and his family, Ben Carson mm-hmm. tried to sidestep it. He said the, the person you're targeting. So if the person that you're targeting makes $10 off of it, am I going to say no to the American people shouldn't have it? So basically what Ben Carson is saying is yes, Trump plans on profiting from HUD housing. So urban renewal is not urban renewal. Urban renewal is Trump's bank account renewal. Because don't forget, Trump builds stuff. He builds skyscrapers. You know? So yeah, Trump has a lot of skin in that game in urban renewal. Okay? So urban renewal is going to put money in Trump's pockets. Trump don't give two squirts a piss about black people. He don't give two squirts about, a piss about the Rust Belt. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. He is a narcissist. He cares about no one but himself. But I, I will say one last thing, okay? Some of my friends kind of gave me a little bit of, of feedback, and they were saying I was being too hard on Steve Harvey, right? And I'll say this. Uh, this is what I posted on Facebook this morning, word for word. He says, some of my friends think I'm being too hard on Steve Harvey. And one of them asked a valid question. If Steve Harvey was talking with President-elect Hillary Clinton about urban renewal, would I be as critical? Now, I would be way more optimistic, but way more cautious. Do I think that Hillary's heart would be in the right place? Yes. Do I think that her donors' hearts are in the right place? No. That's one of the reasons I didn't vote for Hillary. She's way too corporate. And as Elizabeth Warren said about Hillary years ago, she considers corporations as someone whose views need to be heard. Now, look at the Pearl Harbor job those Democrats did to Bernie Sanders' bill to bring cheaper drugs to the U.S. from Canada, right? All these guys are bought and paid for by corporations. So one day, Cory Booker is fighting the good fight against racist Jeff Sessions about his nomination to the Justice Department. And the next day, when the corporations tug on his leash, he sells us out. So to answer the question, I would not be making jokes about Steve Harvey if Hillary was president-elect, but I would not be holding my breath for any real change. Not at all. So what do you think, Blue? You think if Hillary was president, you think that urban renewal would actually happen, or do you think it would just kind of just be just all smoke and mirrors? I believe it's a keep. I think that, man, it's tricky, you know what I mean? Because it's like both of them, like you said, you didn't even vote for any her for the presidential elect. Um, yeah, and you know you you were justified in that in many ways because you still voted for you know the, the state and local levels um, mm-hmm. because you don't it's the worst of two evils and I think they both it wouldn't have worked to benefit it in either camp. I think, to be honest, I think Trump would probably be more apt to do it and do it to maybe to his benefit. But when he benefits, I think some somebody could also benefit versus Hillary, who's just way too in depth and in bed with 
you know, corporations, maybe not so much. And we might have had stupid high rises that pushed out, you know, how we were talking about Charleston recently, how we push out the people that's been on this land for generations on top of generations because of right. rising tax, you know what right. I'm saying? And I think that Hillary would have moved more into that direction versus Trump. He would have he would have probably set something aside for, you know, I hate to say it, he, he wouldn't have got our 40 acres. I don't even want 40 acres, to be honest with you. Um, but he would have did something that it would have looked more appropriate for most or all. Because when it's right. all said and done, he's narcissistic. And the key thing about narcissistic is painting myself in the best light. Now, of course, apparently his intelligence, you know what I think, and I just thought about this. This is crazy. He might have syphilis because some of the decisions he's making is really impacting what I believe is cognitive functioning. And, you know, syphilis attacks the brain and drives mm-hmm. him insane. Yeah. It turns your brain in, in, in a Swiss cheese pretty much. And, you know, if he was fucking around in Russia like that, woo, they, have a high, <laughs> they had a high syphilis outbreak back in the day, which may still be there. And I only know this because of my um, great work with, um, you know what I'm saying, the, the, um, in, not indentured servants, indentured sex slaves when I, when I was working in Europe. So, yeah. It, it, it's kind of funny. If my thing is this. It's supposed to be a symbiotic relationship, meaning that uh, you get something, I get something. So I probably wouldn't be so opposed to Trump getting something out of us getting something, although that's mm-hmm. unethical. <laughs> you know, when you think about it, a president's not supposed to be profiting off of helping people. You know, because you're the president, you're supposed to be helping everybody, and you already get a salary. Although Trump is a, a quote-unquote billionaire, who knows? He's a billionaire who owes billions of dollars. That's kind of funny, which which probably just means he just has no money. But um, the thing is this: uh, with someone like Trump, Trump has—I mean, you figure only thing you need to know about Trump as far as his business dealings is Trump University. And rooking people out of their life savings. That's the thing. People forget about that. You know, people forget that Trump is not, he doesn't do business fairly. He's a con. Trump, he's failed in so many businesses. The only thing that Trump is amazing at is being a con man. He is the most amazing con man in the world, as evidenced by the fact that he's the president elect of the United States. What greater con is there than that that somebody who's never held a political office in his life can beat a career politician like Hillary Clinton and become president-elect of the United States? But now he's not thinking about, well, I'm president now, so now it's time for me to help people. It's kind of like somebody who used to be a singer who owns a record label, and now he's not thinking, okay, well, if a record makes this much money, the artist should get this much more. He's thinking, if a record makes this much, how much more can I take for myself? And that's what Trump is thinking now. What can I get for myself? That's why he's not releasing his tax returns, because it would expose all of his conflicts of interest. So do I think that Trump is going to make a lot of money in HUD housing? Yeah, absolutely he is. And he has Ben Carson, who 
I think comedian Ricky Velez said it best about Ben Carson. We rag on Ben Carson for some of the goofy shit he does, but we're going to all feel sorry when we find out that there is something really, really wrong with Ben Carson, like medically wrong with Ben Carson. Because I saw him talking on, the, you know, on Capitol Hill, and it looked like he was going to fall asleep at least twice. Not because he was bored, but just because it looked like there was something wrong with him. And basically, Trump's whole rationale for getting Ben Carson to run HUD housing is because uh, he used to live in the projects. But shit, that's like could be that too, then. That's like <laughs> saying blue. You, that's like saying blue. You drive a car, so you should be president of General Motors. <laughs> you know, if know. wouldn't Ben Carson? Somebody, someone mentioned this. Wouldn't Ben Carson be the better pick as a uh, Surgeon General? Being that right. he was a world-class surgeon. Who is you know, Who did he select for that position? Oh. I don't remember off the top of my head. Is it somebody that's reputable, that's good for that position? <laughs> he hasn't picked anybody that's been good for any position. That's the thing. Right. Even, even Obama made some questionable picks. So Obama's made some picks for cabinet positions where you can see people would kind of profit from it but at least leave the institution intact. Trump has been picking people who hate the institutions and have spoken against those same institutions. And like he picks the EPA chief who doesn't believe in global warming. He picks someone for secretary of education who doesn't believe in public schools. And I'm not even making that up to be funny. They want to turn them all into, into charter schools and give people vouchers. So, what was it? Um, somewhere in North Carolina, was it Durham? Their charter schools? I don't right. think those kids have enough credits to graduate from you know all the kids that went to those charter schools. So I'm just like, uh, yeah, those are people who he's been picking. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there, but it's just. You know, it's just insane. But I, I think that this whole urban renewal thing is just smoke and mirrors. And if it does happen, it's just going to be basically to line Trump's pockets. Trump doesn't care about people. I won't even go. Yo. I won't even go to Kanye route and say he doesn't care about black people. He doesn't. He doesn't care about people. Right, and that's real. So let's go to a musical break with "That's Real" by Orlando. Yeah, yeah, I just want to talk to you. Yeah. Baby, that's real, that's real, that's real. That's how I feel. The baby, that's real. My baby, no maybe, my lady, my boo 
staying focused when I pin this on this paper. There's no love escaping. Staying true, going hard and do what I gotta do. And there's love in my heart and we should never grow apart. Paint a perfect picture, you're the best song of poetry. And that's what I love. So to you, I'm showing loyalty. Dive deep into her. I'm exploring Baby, deep in my energy. That's real. That's real. That's how I feel. Baby, that's real. That's real. Baby, that's real. That's how I feel. Baby, that's real. Let me be your mind, body, and your spirit. I can heal it. When we together, there is no other feeling. Can you dig that? One side of me want to give you everlasting. Another side want to ride, and I'll be the captain. Be the captain. Foundation builds a home. Her wall keeps talking. The way I give a pipe, she swear I was a plumber. Making hot love like in the middle of the summer. She put me on a dopey hot. I can't lie. She got the connection without hesitation. She won't demonstration of my penetration. Create a sensation. For a lifetime, she reply like. She reply like. And that's real. All right, Mert. Back to you. Yeah. But uh. Oh, sorry. I had my microphone all the way over here. <laughs> so that was really all I had. But but I will uh speak on one other thing. I know I touched on this on one thing. I want I want to retract. And I was trying to figure out what in the hell was I thinking of on Monday's show when I mentioned that Charles Manson was free. <laughs> that, that bothered me because I was like, why in the hell would I think that? Manson's last parole hearing was in 2012, and he didn't even bother to show up for it because he knew he wasn't getting out. Uh, even though they're nothing alike, even though they both did horrible things, it was John Hinckley that was freed earlier in 2016. He was a guy who uh, tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan. And he had spent 30 years in the mental institution. He was freed in early 2016. So I think between hearing that and then hearing that Charles Manson had a girlfriend, uh, it kind of got me twisted around, and I thought he was free. But no, Manson ain't never getting out. And I think one of his uh, – one of the other people who was involved in that crime was up for parole, and uh, Jerry Brown was like, no, he was not getting out. I think Charles Manson is like 80 years old now, so he's been in prison for – 50 years so that's where he will die but uh, you know it seems that the only Democrats I see right now who are doing anything is I wasn't say Cory Booker but then Cory Booker did that about face you know that bill that would have brought uh, cheaper drugs in from uh, and uh, let me clarify one thing on that when I say cheaper, I mean in price, not in quality, in price. Cory Booker's rationale for downing the bill was that uh, he was worried about the quality of the drugs. It's the same exact drugs, just cheaper. And I don't mean like $10, $15 cheaper. I mean like hundreds to thousands of dollars cheaper. One of the drugs was actually $2,000 cheaper in Canada than it was in the U.S., 
So it, it's a it's a huge medication is a huge problem. You know, you have diabetics who are worried that insulin price of that is going up. The EpiPens went up by an astronomical amount. Uh, what is that? Mar- Martin Shrecky, whatever the hell his name is, that uh, that life-saving AIDS drug that he got control of, that he marked up by an ungodly amount. You know, these people just worry about uh, profit. So when Cory Booker says that it was that he did it because of uh, all the issues, he's full of shit. Because it's the same exact drugs. Just cheaper coming out of Canada. It's basically the pharmaceutical people tugged on his leash and they said, hey, you need to vote against this, and they did. And here's what, here's what should make them really ashamed. Ted Cruz, the man who hates people, voted for that bill. Ted Cruz voted for that bill. And, then, and I think there were actually nine or ten Republicans who broke uh, party lines and voted for that bill. But you had, what was it, 12 or 13 Democrats who voted against it because – and it turns out all those guys were paid, and they had a, a chart. Like since uh, 2010, 2011, they've received hundreds of thousands of dollars in campaign contributions from pharmaceutical industry. So the money in politics thing is real. No. But the one thing I do notice is that – and tell me if I'm just uh, – if I'm just off the mark here, Blue, but – Mm-hmm. When a Republican does something like that, does it shock you, or does it just shock you more when Democrats do it? <clears throat> it shocks me more when Democrats do it. But, you know, I know history, which I learned much later in life, the true history of America. Democrats, you know, back in the day, it was the Republicans that did for all, and the Democrats that didn't. And now it's reversed, or so it seems like. But I think mm-hmm. if nothing else, this election made it more clear that nobody looks out for the people like they're supposed to. Right. You know, and you, in this election, I, I found out that there was a difference between Democrats and progressives. And, mm-hmm. and that was a big distinction because there was a, you know, what I, I didn't think about using it for today's show. I didn't think I'd be on that on this long. I know uh, one of our partners is taking care of some personal business, but uh, I, was, I was watching a documentary about the 80s. It was a CNN documentary. They're playing it on Netflix. And they talked about uh, doing a section. They did a whole section on greed, on all these people like Leona Helmsley and Jim Baker and stuff like that. And um, there was a guy. He basically just ripped off old people of their life savings you know, to buy these properties, and it was absolutely terrible. And uh, he had people in Congress that were in his pocket. So he called on them to try and deep six the investigation. Here's the thing that got me. Um, One of them was John McCain, right? A young John McCain, you know, who didn't look like an old – A wrinkled up apple. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and I and I hate cracking on John McCain as far as how he looks because I know this man was a prisoner of war. I know. Uh, so was I. And what? What does that mean? He, he could barely like 
he can't raise his arms because when he crashed his jet, like when he got captured, uh, he broke both his arms. And because of the way that they set it, you know, he's a prisoner of war. They're not going to spend an actual doctor on him. Uh, they didn't set right. So he can't, he really can't raise his arms. So either, I hate either arm. Either arm. So I hate kind of ragged on him like that, you know, but it was weird to see. I mean, John McCain's like 80 years old. I don't even know why I would even do that. I'm not an ageist in the least. If you can still do the job, do it. I saw a man who was 105 years old do, uh, uh, what was it, uh, four or five, no, more than that, like 10 kilometers on a, on a bicycle, which is, which is like a record. He was 105 Did years old. He just said kilometers. This is America. We say miles. Well, it, it happened in, um, I think it happened in France. So it, it was kilometers. Oh. Okay. But, um, <laughs> It, it was um, <laughs> I think uh, I think Trevor Noah said it best. He said um about our about the imperial system of measurement. He said that uh, it's so outdated that even drug dealers went metric because they do everything in grams and stuff like that. And you know we're still doing uh doing it our own way. But um, basically uh. When they had, uh, when they did the people who were in this guy's pocket, John McCain was the only Republican. Uh, the other four that were in this guy's pocket were Democrats. So out of the five guys that this guy called on to deep six this investigation, four of them were Democrats. And we're not talking the '60s and the '50s. We're talking the '80s when Democrats were, because I, I think Democrats are supposed to be. The good guys, I think the only difference is, and one of my friends pointed it out this morning, is that if we have a Democrat who does wrong, like Cory Booker, we're going to call him out. We're going to be like, look, you're wrong. If Obama signs a bill he's not supposed to sign, you know, my friend actually writes him letters and says, and says hey, this is not why we elected you. And I'm not making it up about him writing letters. He, uh, he writes to him, and he says, look, this is not why we elected you, you know. I think we speak to our leaders more to criticize them because we want them to do right, not just because we need something to complain about. You know, when Fox News rags on Obama, they rag on him because he he talks about arugula. And I'm not even making this part up to be funny. And they were like, well, it's an elitist vegetable. I wish I was making that up to be funny. But they were cracking on Obama for mentioning arugula and saying it was an elitist vegetable. I've never eaten arugula in my life. But I don't consider I don't consider vegetables to be elitist. <laughs> that's the stupidest mm-hmm. thing I've ever heard of. But that's Fox News for you. But when but when their people screw up, they never call them out. They'll either pretend it never happened, or basically they'll just uh, they'll just try to rewrite reality. I was having an internet argument with one of my friend's cousins, some doofus, and. He was basically every time I nailed him on Trump, he tried to go back to Hillary, and I'm like, "Why are you going back to Hillary? Hillary lost. Hillary's not president-elect. Hillary's not a senator anymore. She's not anything now. She's a private citizen right now. She has nothing to do with nothing. Okay, Trump is president-elect. He's who we're talking about. Well, what about when CNN gave Donna Brazil questions for? Yeah, I know that happened." And we said that was wrong that it happened. That's the thing. We didn't say, well, 
I guess Hillary deserves those uh, debate questions. No, that was wrong. She was not supposed to do that, and that's the difference. When they do it, it's okay. When Democrats do it, it's wrong. You know, there was a uh, – someone posted an article to me. I didn't get a chance to read it yet. I was going to talk about it on Monday, but I'll talk about, a little bit about it today. And I will say this. I hadn't – I would even heard about it. There was a guy. He was – I think uh, – I don't know if his court case was yesterday or what have you, but he shot – he killed two cops. He shot at them 50 times. Killed two cops. I'd never heard of this guy until my friend posted that article. It was an article from Sean King in the Daily News, and they were like, "How? why is it when uh, white people kill cops, you don't hear about it? But if a black person shoots a cop, then everybody's trying to string up Black Lives Matter and say they're a terrorist organization, even though Black Lives Matter had nothing to do with it. <laughs> So it, it, it's kind of weird. Even when we talked about the uh, – I remember last week we talked about uh, the Chicago Four, as I call them, the ones who kidnapped that mentally challenged boy, and uh, they beat him up, cut off a piece of the scalp. Uh, they kidnapped him pretty much, and you know they're all going to prison for a long time. I say good riddance. There's, no, there's nothing they can say to defend themselves in that. But when I mentioned – to one of my friends, the case in Idaho, where they annually raped that young boy, he said he hadn't heard that case. He heard all about the Chicago Four because they're all over the news. They're all over mainstream news. But the one in Idaho where they raped that young boy with the coat hanger, he hadn't heard of it. And that's why we as African-American males need to get a stronger hold on media, which is owned by won't say because it's considered anti-Semitic, who control the media for their own best interest. Yeah. But that's the thing. And um, between Reagan and between Clinton, between those two, and I'll have to research that for the next show, but it's because of them that we only have a handful of news organizations. So there's a handful of people that control all the news. So if someone gets a call from up top and they say, yeah, we're not going to talk about this, we're not going to talk about it. So that's why you have news organizations like Young Turks who are important because they'll talk about the things that other people don't talk about or other people won't talk about. And that's why you get you know, people like CNN losing, uh, losing viewers. Look at it like a little bit, a little bit like Negro baseball, like the Negro Baseball League. You know, they were like, hey, we, we're blacks and we want to play baseball. And they were like, no, it's whites only. So they were like, you know what? Screw you guys. We're going to do our own thing. And Negro baseball became so popular that they were stealing fans from Major League Baseball. So now Young Turks has a – I don't know if they had a television deal. I know they're on YouTube. I thought they were going to have a television deal, but I would be against them having a TV deal because I know they'd reach more people. But then they run the risk of being compromised. And we need press. Like there are only certain press folks that I that I listen to. Like I'll and give them the benefit of that if they mess up. Because at least if they mess up, they give a retraction. Like, like let me ask you a question, Blue. Which news organizations mm-hmm. do you trust? Like if you see a story from them, you could post it without reading it because you know it's 
it's thought out. And I know it's considered, it's considered fluff in many ways, but I say the um, Huffington Post is mm-hmm. really the only one that I really say, yeah, I'm cool with this. Um, CNN, maybe 60% of the time, to be honest, but you probably know more about it than I do. But to be honest, the only one that I say 100% that I would just look at the title and won't think about clickbait or think about something that's compromising my values as an American. Am I even American? I'm Haitian. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's um, the Huffington Post. I, I like all their – I could read Huffington Post all day and yeah, be fine, you know, and don't even feel a certain way about it. I think maybe it leans more towards um, – our value set, then it then it's, it's more. What is it? What, what are we? Right wing? We're left wing. We're left wing. So you know, yeah. left wing versus right wing. You know, in that way, it's definitely a lot of um, freer thinkers in that in that camp. Yeah, I mean, I, I rag um, on CNN a lot, but mm-hmm. I still do trust them. And even in this whole situation with this whole with the dossier thing, they only released like two pages of it. BuzzFeed went the whole nine. And I'm not ragging mm-hmm. on BuzzFeed either for that. I'm just saying because at least BuzzFeed gave a warning. And they were like, yeah, this is unsubstantiated. But, you know, it gave Trump ammunition. But Huffington Post, I trust unconditionally. Like, I, if I'm somewhere and I see a Huffington Post article, I can post it and then read it later and just know that, okay, right. whether I agree right. with it or not, that it, that it is the truth. Right. That's the Same thing. here. And I do that often because that's how – People be like, oh, why did you post that? Why did you post that? Well, I might have been doing something. I posted it to my wall so I can access it later. But I don't even, I don't even think you have to do that anymore. Now you can just save it and then just get back to it later. So I don't even have to. I don't even be posting like that anymore. Yeah. I, and I, I like that feature, the save feature, because I have like 120 saved articles. Every time I see someone ah, trying to read it, like me. <laughs> <laughs> I just save it. And then every now and then I'll go back through them, you know, some, some stuff I use for the show. So it might have been like uh, I I read uh, Ambrosia for heads. So uh, mm-hmm. if they have yeah, if, if I'm at yeah. yeah now I work from home, but if if I was at work and there's something like that's audio that I can't listen to at work, that uh, I just say you know what I'll save it for later. So if I'm like mm-hmm. oh Jada Kiss has a new freestyle, I'll save that for later. Yeah. All right, that's all. Right. Well, that concludes, that's all I have. That concludes, that concludes today's show. Which is more politics than mock, but that's cool. We're gonna get it together. <laughs> Don't forget, <laughs> Monday is uh, Martin Luther King Day. Um, do something black and something proud, and make Martin Luther King Jr. Not that Martin Luther King Jr. proud of you. And um, I'm I'm not. I guess we we'll go ahead and do politics. Check us out on politics at 7 p.m. on Monday. And um, to yourself, stay true and keep doing what you do. And if it ain't right, then do better. <laughs> Okay. She whip up in the kitchen plus her head game proper. Even if she's a freak, that's a bad little mama. She grown, she don't sneak, she don't have that drama. That's the type I like to death for me. Have these dollars. 